Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in Detroit. Um, this is a temporary thing. I'm on vacation right now, and um, Will and I had thought about going on hiatus, but um, since we're getting momentum and we're working on transforming the show, we decided that it was best to keep recording. Um, and luckily, I I know some people, and they they offered me some space to do um, the recording every day. So thank you guys um, and welcome. Um, this is our first show outside of the Drunk Gossip Studios in New York City. Um, as I mentioned, we have decided to move the studios. I've also decided to move. Um, so we, when I get back, we will be having a brand new studio, brand new episodes, brand new everything. I am so excited. Um, we're also going to be working on the vlog for the Patreon. Um, will and I have um, quite a bit of work to do. And I'm going to make sure he's on, on the ball while I'm out of town. Actually, he's going to be making sure I'm on the ball while I'm out of town. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so, it's Monday, you know, that means it's a super long episode today. So buckle up, this is all the gossip from the weekend. We're going to start talking, we're going to start with talking about Tom Hanks. Um, he's been promoting Toy Story 4, of course. And he's, he's talking about letting the character of Woody go. Um, he, he's been playing Woody, or I should say he's been voicing Woody, since 1991. So that's tw- almost 30 years. It's um, tw- 28 years that he's been doing this. And, you know, he's won two Oscars, I believe. In, not, not for playing Woody, but in that time, he's won two, two Oscars. Um, he's fronted many hits. But many of his younger fans know him as Woody. Uh, and he was on the Graham Norton show. And here's what he had to say. Um, this is the last one, so what's that like? Um, Graham Norton asked. It was terrible. It was terrible. I started recording Woody in 91. That's when we got together to do the, to do the first one. You record these things over about four years. In the last session, I thought it would just be odds and ends, but I was in the same studio with the same microphone, and at the end, they said, okay, great, thanks. And just like that, 20 however many years were over. And... Um... He... Tom Hanks said that he asked the producers and directors if there was anything else he needed to do. And he said, no, no, I gotta say, look out, buzz, or sunlight. And they said, nope, you're done. My lips started to quiver. You ever do this when you're so uncomfortable and all you can say is, well, oh my, oh my, oh my, 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 oh well. And the only thing you can do was to go and get in my car and drive away. I heard the music and the sun was going down. The credits were rolling on my life. Everything was done. You know, and this is the thing, um, especially with with animated shows, 
or animated movies um, that become franchises like Toy Story has, you really do get attached to the characters. Um, you know, I've been doing Drunk Gossip for a year. Um, I've only been doing it every day for probably six months. And when I don't record, I feel weird. So I can only imagine how 28 years later, Tom Hanks feels. You know, this was... this. These movies are probably the one of the highlights of his career. I mean, yes, he's won Oscars. He'll probably win more Oscars. You know, the the truth is, is Tom Hanks is a very talented man. But when you become so attached to a character or, you know, doing something, it becomes very difficult to separate and, and kind of go your own way. Um... Will there be a Toy Story 5? The numbers, I don't think, justify Toy Story 5. Although, if it gets nominated for an Oscar, or if it wins an Oscar, I can definitely see that happening. Um, but Disney is no long, Disney's not a studio that's starved for franchises, so I really don't think um, that we're going to see that. I, In fact, I don't think a lot of people thought we were going to see um, Toy Story 4. To be honest, so I I wouldn't be surprised, but I will say it'll it'll probably be about ten years before we see anything. Um, just because that's typically how it goes, and we're gonna do our typical routine here, and I'm gonna take a break, and I'm gonna be right back, and I'm back, and. Mariah Carey's legal troubles seem to get worse and worse as time goes on. Um, we, we've noticed, or we've been able to see how she has um, her former assistant basically said, hey, you you fired me and I want pay. And then started exposing little secrets like um, her manic depressive um, diagnosis. Uh, There were a couple of other instances, the most recent being that she had butt implants. And now her manager, her former manager, Stella Bulkanov is stepping up and saying, hey, I was sexually harassed, and it's Marley Carey's fault. Um, Stella says that um, Leanna uh, Shark, Shark, I'm not even going to bother with her last name, um, who was um, Marley Carey's former assistant, sexually assaulted her. And that, um, you know, she, she admits that they would horseplay around and whatever. But then she says that Leanne, Leanna would go around exposing her breasts to people, including minors, um, shaking them provocatively, and trying to get people to um, erotically put things in her bra or throw things into her bra. And um, Stella says, hey, all of this could have been avoided if... Mariah Carey 
watched over her employees. Here is what... Um... Here is what Stella said. She admitted to um, having horseplay with Leanna while on tour with Mariah Carey. But she said Leanna's horseplay was far more aggressive and inappropriate um, compared to Stella's being benign conduct. And she went on to say that Leanna... Um, Leanna's behavior included exposing her breasts to multiple people, including one or more minors... Inviting others to throw objects into her bra, provocatively dancing in a highly sexualized manner, and that she has texts from Leanna that are sexualized discussions with a minor of Leanna's genitals. And Stella says, But none of this is either of our fault. This is Mariah Carey's fault. This lawsuit says, Carey is not without blame. To the contrary, Carey's failure to supervise and rein in. Her employee allowed and facilitated Leanna's wrongdoing. And then she added in a threat. Should this matter proceed to the to trial, the full extent of Carrie's role and responsibility, including the troubling reason why she failed to control her employee, will be laid bare. But then trying to make herself look like the good guy, she said, for the time being, Stella will respect, respectfully refrain from providing details. Okay, here's the thing. This is quite clearly a shakedown. No matter what, Mariah Carey is not to blame for anyone else's behavior. If it happened on the clock, then Stella should have went to um, to Mariah and said, hey, this is not okay. Can you please do something about what Leanna is doing? But from the sounds of it, Stella was also engaging in this behavior which tells me, A, she wasn't all that uncomfortable with it, and B, um, unless sexual harassment laws have changed since I learned them, this isn't, this isn't necessarily sexual harassment. Sexual harassment, um, from the way I've learned it, is unwanted and unwarranted. And unwanted means you've said, I don't, I don't like this, please don't do this. Joining in negates sexual harassment. Now, if a third party came in, let's say I, I came in and they were showing their breasts and I said, guys, like, no, not cool. And I went and complained about it. That would be sexual harassment then. But from from what I can see here, and, and albeit I only have part of the story and I'm sure that there's much more to it. Um, this doesn't sound like sexual harassment. This sounds like someone wants... Someone's angry that she got fired and is trying to clean house. Because why else would you try... If you're, if you're suing... If Stella is suing Leanna, there's no reason to bring Mariah Carey into it and threaten Mariah Carey with another tabloid scandal. And that... I mean, that's just the way it is. You, there's no reason to threaten somebody with, with a scandal if there doesn't need to be one. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to go, and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. So, one of the things about Pride Month that I love is that it encourages people to come out. Um, I myself didn't come out during Pride Month. Um, when it comes time for my anniversary of coming out, I'll do either a long segment or maybe a full episode of How It Went Down. That will really depend on um, timing and all that. 
But, um, for the most part, what you need to know is I didn't come out during Pride Month. My, my first Pride was in June of 2000. And I went with my friend, Christina, and her girlfriend. And I was a scared little gayling. And, you know, I didn't have the celebrities out today that, um, that are, are, are out now. We had Ellen, and we watched as Ellen's career imploded after coming out. So, for me, watching watching these people come out is really a gift. It, it's really something. Because I remember the days when you couldn't come out, when you couldn't be who you were. You know, we make fun of Robbie Malik for having a beard. But truly, <clears throat> once upon a time, he would have been forced to have a beard in order to continue his career. Um, society has changed so much in this time. Um, that is really, really... Um amazing to me. So, um, why am I talking about this? Why did I just go on a two-minute rant about this? I'm glad you asked. Little Nas X, or 10, or whatever the hell he calls himself, I think it's Little Nas X, came out in a post yesterday to celebrate World Pride. The the Old Town Road singer wrote, Some of y'all already know. Some of y'all don't care. Some of y'all not gonna... Not gonna fuck with me no more. But before this month ends, I want y'all to listen closely to... To... Closure, I think is the title of the song. And some of the lyrics are, this is what I gotta do, can't be regretting when I'm old, true say I want, and I need to go, use my time to be free. And people still weren't getting it. They thought it was about leaving the past, and, you know, behind and moving on, and which is a fair interpretation, to be honest. So then, he got back on Instagram... I posted a picture of buildings, um, one of which has a rainbow, and said, Deadass thought I made it obvious. Before ultimately declaring that he's gay. And first of all, bravo to him. Bravo to him. Um, you know, a few years ago when Sam Smith came out, there were a bunch of homophobic, horrible remarks on, um, Stay With Me, the video for Stay With Me, where, especially straight guys afflicted with toxic masculinity, 
were saying things like, I can't get down with the song anymore. I can't relate to the song. Because it's about a fag. And let me tell you, meeting sex, meeting a one-night stand, wishing that someone would stay with you even for one more night, is not a gay-straight thing. It's not a black-white thing. It's a human thing. And, you know, the whole thing is... The reason why we say toxic masculinity in regards to these guys is because there are men out there who are not threatened by someone else's sexuality. There are men out there who embrace everybody. Those are good men. Not every single man has toxic masculinity. There are some who genuinely are good people. When we talk about toxic masculinity, we're talking about the nasty ones. The ones who want to fight or beat up gays for no reason. The Donald Trumps of the world. The ones who view women as objects. uh, Or who think that women should be slaves doing whatever they tell them to do. That's what we mean. Um, And again, the whole point of that rant was... I went to... The official video for Old Town Road. And there was a lot of positivity, which really warmed my heart. I didn't see any negative stuff. I don't know if that's because um, they were on the lookout for it and erasing it as it came in, or if he just, if I got there before the negativity poured in. Whatever the case is, I'm very, very happy that this turned out so much different. And I'm so happy to welcome him to the family. And I'm so happy to take a break and come right back. And I'm back. So in the last segment, we talked a little bit about toxic masculinity. This time we're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth. Um, Russell Crowe has a tendency to be very toxic. Um, with people. Um, he... I'm trying to think of how to word this nicely, but there's no way. He goes to pieces, he throws things... Um, I'm trying to remember, I think at one point there were accusations of rape against him or at least sexual assault. Um, uh, those charges did not stick, if I, re- if I recall correctly. Um, he is well known to have fits on movie sets if things don't go his way. Um, he's walked out of interviews. To the point where he really damaged his career. Uh, he went from headlining blockbuster Oscar winning movies like Gladiator to um, not working at all. And now he's starting to build his way back up. But if his behavior at the recent uh, for a recent interview is in the indication, he has not learned his lesson. So 
for those of you who don't know, he's currently promoting a miniseries he um, called The Loudest Voice in the Room. And it's all about the beginnings of Fox News. And he was scheduled to um, take part in a panel discussion at Build Studio um, in the Village in New York. Um, But he got really upset because of the way... Um, one of the the moderators introduced his character, Roger Ailes. Here's what a source says. It was harmless, but Russell threw himself into a rage as soon as he heard it. It had not been approved by his people. He refused to walk out on, on the stage. He was screaming at people and then just stormed out, out onto the street. Um, he left his... His castmates, Seth MacFarlane, Sienna Miller, Naomi Watts, to do the heavy lifting. Um, uh, and here, here's how the moderator introduced Roger Ailes. He called him a sick person, um, someone who bullied journalists and politicians, and someone who was let go from Fox News in 2016 due to sexual assault allegations. All of this is true. It's well documented. So, yes, it may have been negative, but why... If the point of the loudest voice in the room is to tell the truth about Fox News and and whatnot, why suddenly should we start to lie or start to cover it up? It doesn't make any sense. But Russell got himself into a tizzy and stormed out. Um, And the one source continued and said, he completely unloaded on the host. Which doesn't really surprise me. Even less surprising, Russell's people are all saying, hmm, This is a bunch of hogwash. This is not true at all. Stop it. Here's what a rep said. This is not correct. Russell did not freak out and there was no curse-filled tirade. He simply made the decision not to do the interview following the host's intro. Okay. Again, here's here's my thing. And I've said this before. I'm going to keep saying it because it's something I truly, truly, truly believe. When you are an actor or a celebrity of any kind, part of your job is to do promotion. You know, I... Will and I both do promotion for drunk gossip all the time. We go to networking, we go... um, We do whatever it takes. I write blogs, I make sure that my byline says um, host of Drunk Gossip. Um, Will on his LinkedIn has that he's producer of Drunk Gossip. All of this is to say, you know, we, we do our part. We know what, our, what we're supposed to be doing. Russell Crowe has been at this a lot longer than either one of us. 
he knows the he knows the drill. And if he didn't like the intro, he could have said something when he came out. But he chose not to. He chose to throw a fit and he chose to throw around curse words because that's what he knows. That's what he likes. Let's just be honest about it. Let's also be honest and say, I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. And today is actually the beginning of Camp NaNoWriMo. And I completely forgot about it. Um, so, big surprise. No, um, I, you know, I've had a lot of stuff going on between um, changing Drunk Gossip Studios, moving... Um, coming to Michigan for vacation. And here, here's the funny thing. And I really want to share this with you guys. Because it just shows you how out of touch I've been with, with my writing. So, as I was, um, as I was um, planning on coming here, I... I had decided, you know, obviously this was going to be a working vacation. Um, and my other job has kind of slowed down considerably. Uh, not to the point where I'm, I'm worried about money or anything, but it's it slowed down enough where I have more free time than I'm used to. Now, as a freelancer, free time is not a good thing. Um... It's one of those things where you always kind of worry what's going to happen. And with my new main gig, I get paid once a month, so I was really like, I have to be on my P's and Q's when it comes to money because, well, frankly, I don't have any other choice. So, I was like, well, you know, I should take this time and... Um, I, I should take the time and, um, work on a book. You know, I, I have several on the hopper. Um, I've been writing some short stories that I'm going to put into a collection later on. But, um, you know, I have Crazy Rich Homos, which is in the middle of being edited. Crazy Rich Weddings, which is in the middle of being written. Um, but I was like, you know, there's a, there's a group on Facebook called, um, 20 to 50K, which means 20 books and you should be making about $50,000 a year. And that is my goal to have $50,000 in passive income. Um, and we're going to talk about passive income in just a little bit, but right now, um, I just want to kind of get... I'm building to that point. So, in the group, I was... You know, people are like, oh... I wrote my book in this amount of time and, the, you know, whatever, whatever. And this is... Um, this group is for people who actually produce. You know, it, it's... It's about the business aspect of writing, which is what I love about it. So... And what I also love, I just have to say this, what I, what I also love about it, everyone's very kind, 
But some of these writers that are in there are uber successful using the self-publishing model. And that's what I'm hoping for, obviously. Um, so I was like, well, you know, I could write a book in the while I'm on vacation. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to be that booked up. And I've already told everyone I have to work, so... And they know writing is my work. So I say I'm writing, that's, that's that. Um, you know, and I'm going to do a little bit of research while... Um, I'm going to do a little bit of research for a project that Will and I are working on together outside of Drunk Gossip that I think will be really good. Um, but anyway, so I was, in my mind I was like, alright, I could finish a Wendy Williams book, which is almost done, honestly, so... And really, with the drunk gossip books, they're so easy to pump out. I just had to wait for the story to be over. Like the Jesse Smollett, I think now that that's pretty much done, um, I can probably pump that out in like a weekend or so. Um, because just like a report for school, it's just about me going through and... Um, Putting together all the facts and whatnot. But then I was like... You know, I could do that. And I probably will do that. But... Maybe I should... Challenge myself. Like, really give myself a challenge here. And I thought... How can I challenge myself? And I said, well, I could write a full nonfiction book in the two weeks that I'm here. And so I was like, that's what, I'll, that's what I'll do. I'll write a fiction book while I'm here. I've already, I've had a premise in mind. It does not take a lot of research for me to, um, to do this. It's going to be just about pounding out the words. So I was like... All right, I can do this. And then yesterday when I was hanging out with my best friend, I realized that today started Camp Nano. And I was like, I just challenged myself to write a, you know, a 50,000 word book in two weeks and I could have given myself a damn month. <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? Huh. But I'm, I'm still going to keep the challenge of two weeks. Um, just because I kind of like... I kind of like it. I kind of want to just see where it goes. You know, I do have... Initially, I do have a lot of um, people to see up front. But, you know, that happens. So. Um, one of the things... One of the reasons why I want to do this... And one of the reasons why I do have so many manuscripts on my on my computer that I need to edit and get out is so I can start getting in some passive income. Now, as an author who wants who is going to self um, self publishing or indie route, 
there's a reason for it that I've chosen this route. Um, first of all, I don't have deadlines, you know, other than self-imposed. But if, you know, if I miss a deadline, it's not the end of the world. Secondly, I was offered a contract with Harlequin. And it was such a lopsided contract that I turned it down. I was honored, and I'm still honored that they offered me a contract, but what they offered me was not, it did not make good business sense for me. For me, what I needed was, um, the, the contract as it stood was a 70-30 split, their favor. Okay, that's, that's not a big surprise. Um, but it was the marketing, like, I had to put in at least $500 every month for marketing. Um, no advance. Um, and then when I looked at, when I looked at, um, the Amazon part of it, you know, it was basically the the same, except I got to choose how I marketed my book. I didn't have to put in $500. I could put in whatever I wanted. So that, you know, that was wonderful. And, um, again, it was a 70-30 split, but this time it's in my favor. And with Amazon, I can get in the um, Kindle Unlimited, which pays me every time someone reads a book of mine, or reads pages of mine, which is amazing. So, that's why I've, I've come to the conclusion that this is probably, um, the indie route is probably the best one for me for now. You know, later on, if someone wants to offer me a contract, fine. But the best piece of this is once the royalties really start kicking in, and I mean, I, and I get royalties from the Megan Kelly book, um, from Shape of Love, from the, um, from the two, from the two books that I, um, From the two books that I, um, or the two short stories that I published, you know, I, I get a decent amount of royalties from that. Um, but with passive income, it means I'm not putting any more work into this. So each book after, I'd say like the first month, becomes passive income. Um... You know, maybe I marketed a little bit more or whatever. Like, I should have marketed um, Shape of Love a little bit more during Pride Month. But next year, I'll know to do that. Um, but, with, you know, with passive income, that is really what we, um, what people should be striving for. Instead of working a 9 to 5, uh, they should be trying to find ways to make passive income. 
And I don't know how this turned into a money talk. Really, I don't. <laughs> but, you know, writers get royalties from their books. Um, singers get um, royalties from their songs. Actors get residuals from, um, from productions that they appear in on film or TV. Um, but everyone can make passive income. Um, I, one of my Uber drivers a long time ago was telling me he had, he had been a, um, an exec at GM uh, with an annual salary of around 250000 And he had survived the first set of layoffs, but he knew that more were coming during the recession of um, the early 2000s. So what he did was he started buying up rental properties, fixing them up, um, and paying them off, and started renting out houses. Um, And he luckily did survive um, the next wave of layoffs, and then finally just retired. And he said now he makes more money from his passive income renting houses than he did before. And isn't that a lovely thing? Isn't that what we all want? Um, So make passive income. Don't accept contracts that you don't feel right about. And stay tuned because we have a... Our big story of the day is the Taylor Swift, um, Scott Bruschetta, Scooter Braun feud. It is exploding, y'all. I'll be right back. And I'm back. And so, okay... This segment is going to get me in a lot of trouble with Mandy. So Mandy, I love you, but I have to take Taylor Swift's side here. And I think after you hear why I'm taking Taylor Swift's side, you might actually agree with me. Over the weekend, Big Machine Records was sold to Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun is a mega uh, manager slash producer for musicians. Um, His roster right now includes Justin Bieber, um, Ariana Grande, Kanye West. So this guy is major league. However, he and Taylor Swift have a bit of a feud. Um, They've never really gotten along. Rumor has it at one point he wanted to manage her and she turned him down, which seems to be the case with many, many, many... um, With many, 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 many people. Um, more... More accurately... Um, you know, you, you a guy asks a girl out, she says no. Suddenly she's a dumb cunt, or she's a bitch, or she's whatever. Because the male ego can't take rejection. And that's what it really boils down to. The male ego can't take rejection. And if, if a guy is rejected, there has to be something wrong with the woman. And for whatever reason, that's just how it is. So Scooter Braun did not take kindly to Taylor Swift turning him down. And obviously, um, Kanye West and Taylor Swift have had a feud for years. 
it's the whole basis for her 2017 album, Reputation. Um, in 2016, he released a song called Famous, where he said, I made that bitch famous. Taylor Swift said, hey, like, not cool, dude. And Kim Kardashian, Kanye West's wife, said, you approve this. You said okay. But, um, in the snippet that she released, um, which Taylor Swift calls illegal, there is nothing in there where they discussed, um, where they discussed the lyric or Taylor Swift saying okay. Um, what was said is that they would, that he, he wanted to play the song for her and whatever. So, fast forward, um, last November, Taylor Swift was in negotiations, um, to resign her deal. And as part of her deal, she wanted to own her own music. That included her back catalog. And, um, the execs at Big, um, Big Machine Records said, hey, not a problem. For every album you turn in, we'll release one CD back to you. And Taylor Swift said, nope, no thank you. And signed with Universal Music, um, Universal Music, um, label. And this seemed to really aggravate them, um, mostly because they lost her biggest star. And no matter what you think of Taylor Swift, she is arguably the biggest star, the biggest musician on earth right now. Each of her previous albums have sold more than one million copies in their first week alone. Um, her new CD, Lover, is expected to do at least one million, if not more. If it comes in under that, it's going to be a big shock. So, what happens when you lose your biggest star? Well, not much if you still own all of her previous records. Because that means you're still going to be making money off of it. And to be fair, Taylor Swift is still going to be making money off of it as well. Just not as much. So, here is... This is where we're going to jump in and let Taylor start telling her own story. If I can ever get this to work. Um, um, so here's... Uh, so she t- first, let's talk about... She wants to talk about her... Why she walked away. She said, I walked away because I knew once I signed that contract, Scott Borchetta would sell the label, thereby selling me and my future. I had to make the excruciating choice to leave my past behind. Music that I wrote on my bedroom floor and videos I dreamed up and paid for from the money I earned playing in bars, then clubs, then arenas, and then stadiums. Um, but she never imagined that Bruschetta would sell to Braun. All I could think about the insistent manipulating I've received at his hands, meaning Braun, like when 
Kim Kardashian orchestrated an illegally recorded snippet of a phone call to be leaked, and then Scooter got his two clients together to bully me online about it. And... Um, and then she included screenshots of Justin, uh, Justin Bieber bullying her. Um, and then Todrick Hall got in on it, saying, For those asking, I left Scooter Braun a long time ago. I am saddened by this news, but not shocked. He is an evil person whose only concern is wealth and feeding his disgusting ego. I believe he is homophobic, and I know from his own mouth that he is not a Swift fan. Um... And then she shared a photo of a FaceTime screenshot of um, Justin Bieber with Scooter Braun and Kanye West. And it's captioned, Taylor Swift, what up? And then she wrote, this is Scooter Braun bullying me on social media when when I was at my lowest point. He's about to own all the music I've ever made. And she went on to say, now Scooter has stripped me of my life's work that I wasn't given an opportunity to buy. Essentially, my musical legacy is about to lie in the hands of someone who has tried to dismantle it. This is my worst case scenario. This is what happens when you sign a deal at 15 to someone from whom the term loyalty is clearly just a contractual concept. And when that man says music has value, he means its value is beholden to men who had no part in creating it. Um, and she, uh, and then she goes on to say, when I left my masters in Scott's hands, I made peace with the fact that eventually he would sell them. Never in my worst nightmares did I imagine the buyer would be Scooter. Anytime Scott Bruschetta has heard the word Scooter Braun escape my lips, it was when I was either crying or trying not to. He knew what he was doing. They both did. Controlling a woman who didn't want to be associated with them. And perpetually. That means Forever. And then she signed Sad and Grossed Out Taylor with a broken heart emoji. Neither Scooter Braun nor Scott Bruschetta have, have commented on the deal or on Taylor Swift's post. But I can't imagine either one of them are going to have anything nice to say um, going forward when they do actually make a statement. Because, frankly, she threw them under the bus. Rightfully so. Like I said, I'm on, I'm completely on her side. As an artist, I know what it's like to have your your work um, given to somebody else. Um, I've never told the story before, at least not publicly. My friends have heard it. Um, Will has heard it, I believe. Um, but. Um, uh, um, um, so I, I wrote this article for a client, and as, as someone who's a ghostwriter, I know the deal here. I wrote this article. It was a 800-word article, 
and the pay was actually pretty decent. It was 50 bucks. It took me about an hour to write. Um, the research was already done for me, so all I had to do was cobble it all together. Um, and, and send it out. So I, I did that. And I sent it out. And I never thought anything of it. Because I, most of the articles I write end up on blogs. Or in spaces that I would never generally venture. Well, one day, I happened to go to the store and they had Men's Health. And I kept looking at the, at the cover and one of the employees who knew me was joking. was like, you're being such a perv, just buy it. And I was like, no, no, no this article, like, that it has the same title, I hope I didn't screw up. And so I, I went and picked up the magazine, and I flipped to the article. Word for word, it was my article. When I reached out, just because I was curious about, um, I was just curious about how much pay the article would have fetched, I was astounded I got paid $50. The person, my client, um, who I had worked with previously and we got along great, netted for at least $400 for it. Of course, I couldn't complain or anything because I had signed the contract saying you could do whatever you wanted with it. But it was in that moment that I knew the rest of my work, I would always own the copyright forever. Um, because, yeah, there's, um, there, there were, it was just such a wake-up call to me that my rating was good enough to be in magazines. It was good enough to hold my byline. Even if it didn't seem like it. So when Taylor talks about feeling dirty and feeling sad about not owning her copyright, not owning the rights to her work, I get it. And that is why I'm on her side. And I want to thank you all so much for listening as always. You're fantastic. And until next time, cheers.